Let's pray. Father, we want to thank you. The entrance of your word brings light and illumination. We pray that you bless us through the preaching and teaching of your word. That will never remain the same again in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Can you take your seat? Now let's let's make let's do our Apostles' Creed together. Say, I believe in God, the Father Almighty, Creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, His only Son, our Lord, who has received, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day, He rose again from the dead. He ascended to heaven and is seated at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From there, he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and life everlasting. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Are you clapping or some of you, you are holding pens and things too. Come on. This is what we believe in. Amen. We believe in God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and the work that they do. And we believe in the church of God. If you, if you look at the last, I say, I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church. The Holy Catholic Church is not the church as a denomination, but it's talking about the universal church of Jesus Christ. That's the meaning of the Holy Catholic. Holy means the special. So the church is special. Amen. And it's universal. The communion of saints means the fellowship, the relationship of the saints, the forgiveness of saints that Christ forgave our sins, the resurrection of the body that Christ resurrected and we're also going to be resurrected and the life everlasting. Wow. Hallelujah. Okay, so you can take your seat. Now, before Christ left, he said in Matthew 16, 18, I will build my church. Someone say, I will build my church. Okay. Time, keep, 50 minutes. I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. So who is the builder of the church? Jesus. Now, Jesus said he will build his church. Now, anytime somebody is building, someone says, I want to build up here, he always will have a, an architect and artisans who together work to build the place up. Amen? Somebody put that thing off. Then, so, when Jesus said, I will build my church, in 1 Corinthians 3, 9, he's, he said, we are God's fellow workers. That means that we are co-laborers together with him to get his building done. Isn't it a great blessing? Now, anybody who helps somebody to build a house, the person is very important to him. So, when you are a helper in the building of the house of God, God, you see, God knows you by name and you are important to God. Amen? Okay, now, the question is, what kind of churches is God building or Jesus building? What kind of church is he building? So, we go to Isaiah chapter 2, verse number 2. Isaiah 2, verse number 2. He says, in the last days, it shall come to pass, in the latter days, that, let's read together, the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established on the top of the mountains, and shall be exalted above the hills, and all nations shall flow to it. Hallelujah. So, in the latter days, we are in the last day, the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established on the top of the mountains. That means that the Lord's house is a mountain and it shall be established on top of the mountains. 
and it shall be exalted. So this is the mountain that the Lord is building. I mean the church that the Lord is building. Amen. Amen. Now when you look at now the best, look at the verse number 3. Verse number 3. Many people shall come and say, come and let us go to the top of the, of the mountain of the Lord. Amen? Amen. So as we build the mountain of the Lord, the, the house of God, many people are going to say, let's go there. To the house of the God of Jacob. And he will teach us his ways. And that's why as the house of God is being built, the ways of God are being taught. Hallelujah. So when you come to church, you must be ready for you to be taught the ways of God. And we will, and he says that, and he will teach us of his ways. And we will walk in, the, in his paths. Hallelujah. For out of Zion shall go forth the law and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. Glory to God. Oh, I said glory to God. Now, he says that the house of the Lord shall be built on top of the mountains. So the house of God is going to be like a mountain-like church. Our church is going to be a mountain-like church. Someone say mountain-like church. Now, when you look at the mountain, the moment you see a mountain, you cannot ignore a mountain. Even story buildings, you see that some, like even a church building, when you are coming to this room, you can't ignore it. From whichever point you are coming, you will see the church building. That it is standing there. Can I have an amen? Something iconic, something glorious, something beautiful. Yes. There your point. When you are going to hold and whatever you go, there, you know, you will see some mountains. You can see Ethiopian mountains. You cannot ignore it. Amen. So a mountain is something that is visible. And then also there is something awesome about a mountain. A mountain is attractive. So it means that God wants us to build something that cannot be ignored and something that is attractive. Amen. Oh, I said amen. Oh, are you in the church? Some of you are just looking at us. What is the man doing? Glory to God. So you may not like a mountain but you cannot ignore it and you may not like the church but you cannot ignore it and god wants us to build a church that cannot be ignored and a church that is also attractive people are attracted to mountains amen yeah people are attracted to a mountain one day mommy went to play i've been seeing some kind of mountain when he went and touched the base of it she had a very nice feeling that ah, i've been able to touch the base of this mountain yes it's beautiful when you are flying and you are going around Switzerland area, you will see the apps. You know, you will see all those nights with the snow and cold. You cannot ignore it. <laughs> when you are going to Kumasi and you look to your right, you cannot ignore Mount Ejuanima. In the Volta region, you cannot ignore Mount Afajato. So God is causing us and wants us to build a church that cannot be ignored and a church that will be attractive to people. The people will say, let us go to that place. Can I have an amen? Now, in, in building a mountain-like church, a mountain, it is not, to, for anybody to climb a mountain, you need a number of people to help you to climb. Is that right? Yeah. And so, you need, we need a lot of people to be involved in the work of the Lord. We need you to be involved. Tell somebody, we need you to be involved. So when people are climbing mountains, when anybody is said you're supposed to be climbing a mountain, he has a lot of people. Those who are bringing hold the oxygen, those who are holding food, bringing food those with water, those who are uh, holding the ropes, people are all kinds of people. And in the same way too, in the church, we need all kinds of people who are doing different kinds of things to help us so that we can, we can build the mountain of the Lord. I didn't have an amen. amen. 
good. Then you will see that you will hardly see 90-year-old people trying to climb mountains. In fact, even when people get to a certain age, they don't want to climb sorry buildings, let alone mountains. But you see younger people running up and down the stairs. Running up and down, running up and down, running up and down. Are you getting me? Running. Then they go, they go, they go, they go. Because what? They are young at heart. And we need young people at heart. Amen. So when you are in the church, don't make yourself an old man or an old lady. You say you are dumb, bum, bum, bum. You, are, you must be young at heart. Young at heart means you must be active. When we say we are singing, you are singing. When we say we are lifting hands, you are lifting hands. When we are dancing, you are joining the dance. When we are doing dance formation, you are there. I know you are 50 something years. I know you are 60 something years. I know you are 70. You can, but you can be young at heart. Amen. 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 There's a place that I, when I was living in Germany, a place where I live just across me was this elderly man, 76 years old. And you see him serve the one who cleans his windows. Climbs. He'll be riding his bicycles up and down. In Ghana, they'll say, old man, Numwe, old boy. And they want you to die early. Old boy, old boy. You must be young at heart to be able to work the works of God. That must be young at heart. That is why God always calls young people. Amen. So if you're a young person, then you are qualified to do the work of God. Timothy was a young person. Titus was a young person. Daniel and the Hebrew boys, three Hebrew boys, were young people. Amen? So be young at heart. Tell somebody to be young at heart. Yeah. And to climb a mountain, you need money, a lot of money, resources. And you realize that in Exodus 25, when we were building the tabernacle of the Lord, the, a lot of people brought their supplies. Is that right? From one to eight. You see that they brought their supplies. People brought gold, silver, and all those things for the building of the tabernacle. And to the extent that, yeah, read it, yeah, verse, verse 2. Verse 2. Speak to the children of Israel that they bring me an offering. Of every man that giveth it willingly with his heart, you shall take my offering. So the, the offering must be given what? Willingly. Someone say willingly. willingly. Yeah. Then verse 3. What does he say? And this is the offering which you shall take of them, gold and silver and brass. You know, yeah. You know, and then they brought blue linen, purple linen, scatter, you know, scarlet and linen and all those things. Hallelujah. Okay. Now, when they brought all those things, look at the verse number 8. Verse number 8. Let them make me what? A sanctuary that I may dwell among them. So you see that with our resources, we are able to build the house of God. And when we, when we build the house of God, says what? Well, I will dwell among them. I may dwell among them. So if you want God to dwell among you, if you want God to dwell in your house, then build a house for God. Yeah, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. One day a certain military man, I think it's in Luke chapter 7 or so, he, his servant was not well. And then he went to the leaders of the Jews and they also went to Jesus. And then they told Jesus that this man who is asking for this kind of help he deserves it because number one he has built for us eh, a synagogue he loves he loves us and he has built for us a synagogue he loves our nation and has built for us a synagogue so this thing this man deserves it so what is it that you are doing that they will say you deserve it so when you are a helper in the building of the house of god eh, a mountain like church your involvement in it you will be qualified to receive miracles. 
may you receive uncommon miracles and uncommon breakthroughs in the precious name of Jesus. It's happening live in your life. I said it's happening live in your life. So what is God doing? God is building a family. Amen. A church is a family. See, a church is not a place where we come to to come and receive. No, I'm coming to receive my blessing, my breakthrough and go. A church is a family. When you read Ephesians 4, the Bible says that the whole family in heaven and on earth. God has a family in heaven and God has a family on earth. Amen. Which is different from your biological family. So as we are here, we are a spiritual family. I said we are a spiritual family. And that is the family Jesus came to form. Look at Matthew chapter 12 verse 50. Matthew 12, 50. One day Jesus was there. And then they said, your, your mother is looking for you. Your brother is looking. And then he said, who is my mother? Who is my father? Go to 49. Let's see. 49. Go to 48. They said, he answered and said unto him, him that told him, who is my mother? And who are my brethren? Eh? And then, verse 50, he said, Whoever shall do the will of my Father which is in heaven, the same is my brother, and the same is my sister, and the same is my mother. Have you seen it? Yeah. So they were trying to, they, they were trying to limit Jesus' you know, family to just his biological whatever. And he said that anybody who is one, he tried to redefine his family. Uh, he redefined his family that the one who does the will of the father, that is his brother, that is his sister, that is the mother. Can I have an amen? amen. Yeah, that's the mother. So as we are in the church here, uh, we are brothers and sisters. We, we, we are a spiritual family. And let me tell you, your biological family will one day end here. One day, you'll be surprised. Your father will be go, your mother will go, your brothers, and you'll be left alone. And you too, you'll go. And in heaven, you will not be brothers and sisters. The, the only brother is only here on earth but the real family is the family of Christ in heaven and that is why we must build this family here well and treat ourselves also well yes amen we must treat ourselves well treat, tell somebody treat yourself treat somebody well and build the house of God well hallelujah now in building the house of God are you here with me in building the house of God we need a certain who is the builder of the church jesus christ that means that the anointed one and his anointing so it takes the anointing to build Tom said it takes anointing to build say it again for the last time now fish has to swim in water you see, a fish can swim, but without water, it cannot swim. Are you aware of that? The moment you leave fish outside of the water, it becomes useless. Its swimming ability becomes useless. So, for anybody building the house of God, for us to build the house of God, we need an atmosphere to build. And what we need is anointing. So I said anointing. But because I would say, but anointing every yoke shall be destroyed. Now, the anointing to build this Christ-like church and build a solid house of God only thrives in an atmosphere. Someone say atmosphere. As water thrives, I mean, as fishes thrive only in water, 
so also the anointing thrives only in the atmosphere of respect and honor. Somebody say respect and honor. That means that in the absence of respect and honor, the anointing cannot work eh, any man of God's calling. So my calling eh, and what God has put on me, and I'm, I'm called and anointed by God. Amen. Amen. Yes, I'm called and anointed by God. My calling and anointing will not help you. It will not be a blessing to your life until you respect what I have. Can I have an amen? amen? Yes. And that's the reason why when Jesus came in Luke chapter 4 verse 18, the very first thing he said is that the spirit of the Lord is upon me. Let's read together. Because he has what? Anointed me to what? Preach the gospel. So you see that in preaching the gospel, you need what? The anointing. And he came and he publicized it. And hey, Charlie, I want you to know that something has come upon me. The spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. And number two, he has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. That means that people have got issues in their lives. To Number three, preach deliverance to the captives. Number four, recovery of the sight of the blind. And number five, to set a liberty them that are bruised. And number six, number six, the next verse, number 19, verse 19, and verse 19, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. Can I have an amen? So Jesus said, this is what I have come. I've been anointed. So it means that his ministry, he's his anointed. Amen. And every man of God that is called also, God anoints him. To continue the ministry of Jesus. How do I know that? When you read Ephesians, put your hand over there. Ephesians chapter 4, verse number 11 and 12. Are you here with me? Yeah. Shake yourself. Tell you, shake yourself. Shake yourself. Uh, some of you are already, I don't know whether you are taking some tablets. Uh, but we say he gave some. Someone say he gave some. Uh, he gave some. Who gave some? Jesus. Uh, if you start from the verse 8, you will say that when he ascended on high, you know, he, he gave. When he ascended on, on, on high, he led captivity captive and he gave gifts unto men. He gave what? Gifts on. He gave what? So what you are going to find the gift. So Christ gave the gifts. The pastor is a gift unto men. Amen. So as I am here, I am a gift of God unto you. Yes, you have to understand that. Maybe you don't understand something. And if an important person gives you a gift, then it means that that gift must be very valuable. Amen. No, so when Jesus was going, remember Jesus was an apostle, was a prophet, a teacher, evangelist, eh? a pastor. He had a fivefold ministry. And in order to continue his ministry, he had to select certain people and give them a, the same grace to continue his ministry. So he gave the grace and said, you, I'm giving this woman as a gift to you. A gift of an evangelist. A gift of a teacher. A gift of a pastor. A gift of an apostle. A gift of a prophet unto you. So when you see these people, they are a continuation of the ministry of Jesus Christ and they are gifts of God unto you. So, so it means that whatever Christ was doing, Christ was going to do it through them. When Christ was physically on earth, he was only present at one place at a time. But now that he is gone, his spirit and his operation is, uh, is acting in many places through his gifts. Are you understanding me? Yeah. So through his gifts, continue that scripture. Verse number 9. He gave some. So the gifts that he gave, he gave some of the gifts as what? Apostles and some prophets, some evangelists and some pastors and teachers. What, for what purpose? Verse 12. For the perfecting of the saints. That means that for the training of the saints so that they will do the work of the ministry and they will edify the body of Christ. 
Uh, do it in NLT, the verse 12. You know, so you see that the pastor's work is to train you. Thomas said, train. train. Their responsibility is to what? Equip God's people to do his work. So my calling is to equip you. Yeah. I am an equipper. Yeah. If I am to equip you, it means that God has equipped me in order to give you the equipment. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Amen. So in supply chain, I am there. I am like a supply chain something. You get this. You get this. You get this. You get this. Eh? Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and, and what? Build up the church, the body of Christ. So it's your responsibility to build. So it's your responsibility to pray, to give the money, to join the choir, to join ushering, to sweep the house of God, to clean the toilet, to do everything, to create the right atmosphere. Hallelujah. Now, what is the kind of atmosphere that is needed so that this work of God can be done? And you realize that much as Jesus came and he was anointed, eh, the, his ministry to the people in his hometown and his family members and co couldn't thrive well because of the way they received him. Are you here with me? So when you go to Mark chapter 6, we are trying to work out something. Mark chapter 6. Hallelujah. In Mark chapter 6. Are you there? Verse number 1 to 6. He went out from there and came to his own country. Some say his own country. And his disciples followed him. Let's continue. And when the Sabbath had come, he began to teach in the synagogue. And many hearing him were astonished. They were amazed, saying, Where did this man get these things? And what wisdom is this which is given to him? That such mighty works are performed by his hands. Now, his own people, and as Jesus was doing something, they should have been very happy with him. But look at the verse number 3. Then they started now dissecting him, analyzing him. And this is where it makes people not to be able to receive. Are you getting me? He said, is this not the carpenter? So is this not the something? Eh? They are now trying to analyze his profession. And then the son of Mary. So it's like, ain't no Mary, but is it not the woman who has been buying kenke from us? Is she not this? the son of Mary, and they started mentioning the brother of James. So we know the brothers. James, Joseph, Judas, and Simon. Ah, we know them. We've been playing football. We play gutter to gutter. And are not his sister here with us. So we know even the sisters who have been selling fuller. Eh? They sell fuller. And uh, the one that the women need and then they eat brown, the brown something. Eh? Full, eh? Dakwa. The Dakwa seller. One of the sisters sells fuller, another sells Dakwa. Another sells uh, towards Afi. We know them. Uh, and Bible says that they were offended at him. They were, they, were, they, were, they were offended. Why can you be that? Somebody that has been anointed. When he came, he said, The Spirit of God is upon me. He has anointed me. And instead of connecting to the grace, now you are offended. You are looking now. On the grace of God. So you see, looking down on the grace of God upon somebody's life. Yes. It's a problem. In verse 4, we're going to look at it. Verse 4. But Jesus said to them, you see, every pastor, every leader, he knows what the people are thinking. Sometimes when you meet somebody, you know, the way the person is behaving now, you, can, you know how the person is thinking. And Jesus, being a prophet, knew eh, what the people were thinking. And so he said, a prophet is not without honor, except in his own word, country. 
and among his own relatives and in his own house. This is that a prophet is somebody with honor. And when we talk about a prophet, they are not talking about somebody say, I can see you with two heads. I can see somebody with, uh, you were wearing green pants and coat. A prophet is, means what? A man of God. A prophet actually is a carrier of the word of God. Amen. 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 And I'm a prophet. I'm a carrier of the word of God unto you. Amen. Yeah. I'm a, I'm, I'm a carrier. Maybe if you don't know, I'm telling you. I'm a prophet. Every time I'm preaching to you, I'm sharing certain things. Yeah. And sometimes I give certain advice. You see that it comes just exactly so. Huh? Amen. Yes. The prophet. Do this. Don't do this. Yeah. I don't have to tell you that you are wearing green pants. Because you know you are wearing green pants. Except the Lord wants me to tell you. To prove something. Can I have an amen? Yeah. And look at the next verse. Look at the next verse. We are working the word. Just so we are working the word. The next verse. Now he could do no mighty work there. Did you see that? Over there he could do, except that he laid his hands on a few sick people and healed them. It means that Jesus' ministry could not be manifested and he couldn't do any outstanding things there because his ministry was not honored. His ministry was what? Not accepted. His ministry was not respected. It is what to respect that you attract. If the, the anointing respect is what you attract, is the anointing respect is what you gain from. Can I have an amen? So when you come here, you must believe the anointing here and respect the anointing here. Amen. Yeah. I go to places and they respect the anointing and incredible miracles happen. Yes. Testis that is inside the body that you just lay hands and the testis without surgery descend into the scrotum. It's an anointing. Yeah. It's a miracle. Amen. Twisted spine like that. You see the person. You know? Yeah. We went to Chifuawashi and there was a man who was walking like this. Walking like that. Yeah, going to a hospital, they're giving up on him. And as I was praying, his body started sweating like this. Like this. Like this. It's a video. Look, everything caught. It's not the fairy tale. It's not a fairy tale. Amen. And it's because of the fact that the people believed and respected the anointing. Amen. So the anointing needs an atmosphere of respect to thrive. That's why the anointing needs an atmosphere of respect to thrive. Amen. The anointing needs what? An atmosphere of what? Respect to thrive. Can I have an amen? Are you learning something? Good. Now, what is the atmosphere? What are we to do to create an atmosphere of respect? Remember that there are people who have to be respected. Romans 12, 13, 7. Romans 13, 7. Tell somebody, respect people who God has given to you as gifts. Amen. You know the president must be respected because he's a president. A father must be respected because he's a father. A king must be respected because he's a king. Eh? A pastor must be respected because he's a pastor. Amen. Yeah. So no matter the games you play with him, and all those things. Maybe you eat with him or your schoolmate. And remember that, you know, classmate does not mean grace mates. 
Amen. Yeah. And you can be older than somebody or, or equal with the person in whatever, but what God has put on him must make you respect and honor the person. Yeah. Especially if he's your family member or he's close to you. You see, if he's close to you, that is when you must let there be a certain space or gap. You see, a lot of people begin to get problems when they get close to an anointed person. Then they say, oh, especially when they begin to say, oh, and every anointed person has challenges. Hello? Oh yeah, every anointed person has challenges. Jesus was not liked by the Pharisees and things. He had ch- there were times he had to dodge. Maybe tell Peter that the guys are coming. So you hang on, I'm coming. Then he'll, he'll go slither himself through the people and things like that. But seeing the challenges of the person should not make you disrespect the anointing on his life. Can I have an amen? amen. So look at Romans 13 verse 7. Let's quickly work on that. Romans 13. Render therefore to all their due. Taxes to whom taxes are due. Customs to whom customs. Fear to whom fear. And honor to whom honor. Amen. Yeah. So if there's somebody to honor or to respect, it means that give the person the respects. Hallelujah. So we're going to look at the levels of respect or levels of honor. What shows that you are respecting somebody? So the church, listen to me, the anointing of God will work well where there is an atmosphere of respect. So when somebody is respecting, when there's someone who is your pastor or your father, what shows that you respect your father? What shows that you respect your, 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 your pastor? It is number one. When you recognize him as what of, of, of who he is. When you recognize him as who he is. Is that right? Yeah. See, when you recognize, when you recognize a teacher as a teacher, when he says something, you take it. When you recognize you know, a lawyer as a lawyer, when he's speaking, you take it. Is that not it? Yeah. When you recognize somebody who's a doctor as a doctor, you know, you, it makes you respect him that way. But when you don't recognize him and say, ah, you nothing, nothing, when do you become a lawyer? You, 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 uh, you, when did you get to know accounting? You see, you have a problem. Luke 4, 18. Like I said, Jesus came as anointed of the Lord. But he was seen and received differently. He was what? Seen and received what? Differently. Huh? When he said, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Eh? For he has anointed me to preach. And then when you read Acts 10, 38, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with what? Power. Who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. But look at Mark chapter 6, verse 2 and 3. In Mark chapter 6, verse 3, the Bible says that they only recognize him as a carpenter. So in Mark 6, 3, are they recognizing him as an anointed one? No. They were analyzing him. So listen to me. Be careful when you start analyzing. What dress is he wearing? Is it Obroni Wewu? Is it the same shoe he's been wearing? Look at the wife. Look at that, what they wear. Is this anointing? Is this, is this, is this how the anointed, anointed person talks? Does he, does he know how to sing? Does he, no, you are missing it. Amen? The people only recognize Jesus as a carpenter instead of recognizing him for who he is. Amen? If you don't recognize your husband for who he is, you have a problem. You will not respect him. Are you getting me? <laughs> If you don't recognize somebody for who he is, so for who the person is, you must respect. Number two. So, remember this, that respect and honor starts from the mind and how you perceive the person. Write that. It starts from the mind. Amen? Yeah. You must, you must have respect in your mind. Your mind must work well. That this person is a special person. He's not an ordinary person. 
Number two, while people listen to you gladly, you must listen to the person what? Gladly. If the person is your boss, if the person is your pastor, you must listen to him what? Gladly. So listening to him gladly shows what? Respect. Listening to him gladly shows what? Respect. Mark chapter 12 verse 37. Bible says, and the common people listen to him gladly. The common people listen to him gladly. Hallelujah. So when the pastor is talking and you are also talking, he's talking and you are memory. And you are saying, Yeah, one day I heard somebody say, Yes, in a church. It doesn't show respect. Are, are you getting me? Yeah. Or you call, like, the, like, uh, <laughs> Dathan, uh, Moses sent for Dathan and Co. And Korah and Co. And they said, We won't come. I mean, they didn't listen to him gladly. When your pastor is calling you and you are not coming, your father is calling you and you are not coming, it's a sign of disrespect. I, I, are you here with me? I'm showing you. You see, because sometimes you don't know that you are disrespecting somebody. It is not only when you say you are a foolish man, a foolish woman, that is an insult or that is disrespect. So, a fair sign of disrespect is when you don't take the person as who he is. Number two, when you don't listen to him gladly. It's like we are wasting your, our time. You, the thing that, ah, last week you preach, you preach on this. You have repeated some of the points. Why couldn't you continue? You see, you are not wise. Now I want, you, I want to submit this to you. You see, when you are a good teacher, a good teacher will always recap what he taught the previous lesson. For the class to be able to understand, in recapping, it makes your students to understand better. Number two, some of the students were not even there. So sometimes some of the church members were not there. As I'm teaching right now, last week some of the members were not here. Amen. So if I taught this last week and you are not here, as I'm teaching and I may be recapping some things, it will help them. And then the, those who also heard it, it will help them to what? Think better. And Paul said, for me to repeat a matter is not grievous. So you don't know the pastor's word better. Amen. So humble yourself under the mighty hand of the Lord that he will lift you up and you will be here. So receive him gladly. Amen. Yeah, and let me tell you, there's something called pool of ministry. So it's a pool of ministry. When the pastor knows that what he has, or the man of God knows that what he has, you like it, you will see that he will draw into his inner recesses and a greater level of anointing will be coming. Yes. But when you realize that, oh, you, say, you people now, you are not excited. When they say something, you don't say it. Your faces don't look nice. It's like you are not excited about what a person, no smiles from your faces, no excitement from your, oh, I've been to places, as I'm preaching, as I'm, as I'm preaching, the people are ready up. And sometimes they come all the way. I am standing here preaching, and they have come all the way here, they want to climb the stage with you. You see that what you have, challenge, you say, we want it, we want it, we want it. I have gone to places where I, they are having a normal evening convention. They came around 536. They will be there. And the preaching may be starting around 8, 8.30, thereabout. And they will stay, they hang on, and the meeting continues to 12 midnight, and they are going to bring their family members to come around to come and receive anointing. And the meeting travels to about 3 a.m. One day we finish a meeting almost about 5. And it was not a problem. Nobody went home. They rather even went and brought people into the meeting. And after that, the pastors also stayed around. And you could see that, where did the man of God get that energy? You could see that people wanted the thing. And so what was in him was coming out. Things were happening. Can I have an amen? 
Yeah. So, if you are in the church here, when I'm preaching, don't sleep. Don't yawn. No, no. When it's time to clap, everybody's clapping, clap. Don't make, you see, if you try to make yourself special, you, you become like the devil. Yeah. Who? Yeah, in Isaiah 14, verse 12, it says, uh, verse 12 and 13, say, I will ascend my throne above the stars of God. I will be like the most high. So every time that he was a star of God, but he didn't want to be among the stars of God. And he wanted to be different. He wanted to be different. So everybody, let's all, we are all wearing blues. I won't wear blue. Let's all smile. Me, I won't smile. What is there to smile about? Let's all clap. I won't clap. There's a problem. Amen. Yeah, that's why sometimes I tell the instrumentalists, sit among the people, sit with them. They say, don't make yourself special. Because a certain spirit will enter into you. A Luciferian spirit will enter into you. When you try to separate yourself. Eh? Separatism is a sign of the devil who has come around. Every time you feel like something is good and you want to separate yourself from them, it means that Satan is speaking. When Satan entered the Garden of Eden, man was separated from God. <laughs> there are people the moment they come to your, house, your life you are being separated from God you are being separated from your pastor you are being separated from good people number three a sign of respect is change of behavior someone say change of behavior yeah change of behavior when you are spoken to that you change your behavior gladly receiving and responding correctly to rebukes write that gladly receiving and responding to what rebukes hallelujah I said hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Hebrews chapter 12 verse 7 to 9. Read it in the New Living Translation if you have it. Oh, some other. You see, you are a bastard when you are not rebuked or corrected. A bastard means an illegitimate person. Yeah. It says, as you endure this divine discipline, remember that God is treating you as his own children. Amen. Whoever, whoever heard of a child who is never disciplined by his father? Have you heard of a case where the child is never disciplined? Every child, hey, why do you do this? You, you must lash your children small. Don't like your children too much that you don't lash them. Or don't discipline them. You must shout at them sometimes. Shouting at is part of discipline. It, it puts them in order. Listen, if you don't shout at your children, they'll come and shout at you. I mean, I've seen some before. Yes. Somebody who crocrawed the child uh, later when the child grew up, he got into drugs and the child had gone to university outside the country who was will be smoking and smoking and releasing the smoke on the mother's face and go and hold the mother's throat and say, Give me money. Somebody who had gone to university, had done master's degree, was working at a very enviable place, will go apart from his money, go and hold the mother's whatever uh, throat and say, Give me money, or I'll squeeze your throat. And sometimes Yes, when I'm called, then I go there and say, remove your hand. Then you remove his hand. The mother overpampered the child. You mothers who overpamper your children. When the fathers are talking, say, oh, you know, you make the man, men feel like they are not, they are the ones who don't like their children. Huh? Shile, Shile. Janu, Shile. When you are not here, there was peace. There was peace in the house. There was rejoicing. I shall come here. <laughs> you will see. You will see. Bible said, train up a child the way he should go. Spare 
spare the rod and spoil the child. Children, they must be beaten when they misbehave. Oh, yes. Beat them. Beat their nonsense. Sit down. Sit down. Child, yes, sit down. You shall yes, sit down. When they start saying, so organize your face. Before you receive another one, organize your face. Then pull the belt. And you shift the buttocks. When they remove, don't use your hand. Use the buttocks. Okay. One, shift two, shift three. Sit down, sit down. Sit down. Organize your face. Amen. Amen. You must be a hard person. Hard father. Hard mother. When you grow up and you are weak, they will feel afraid of you. When you say, okay, I see. Say, yes, mommy. Because they have seen some, they have smelled some pepper before. Yeah. But you say, my darling son, my darling son, my darling son, you see what they will come and do. Change your behavior. Amen. You see, when a person, you speak to a person and he changes his behavior, he shows he respects you. But when you advise people and they don't change their behavior, it means that they don't respect you. So you don't need to advise them again. So I watch people. Those who take my advice and those who don't. If I advise you and you don't take it, it means that you don't respect me. And it's not by force. <laughs> to give you any advice again. Amen. Yes. So obedience and submission to correction is a sign of what? Respect. When you correct someone and they respond with reverence, it shows what? Respect. When you correct the person and it shows anger. And sometimes you get to know whether people really respect you or not by their attitude towards you when you, 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 you correct them. Amen. Like I corrected a group in the church and they, they all tried to run away. Yes. He said, won't join any group again. So I joined, I said, won't join the group. No, no, we'll sing, we'll sing again. So it has told me. <laughs> they have given me a message. Yeah. That they don't respect. They only like my anointing. But they don't want my correction. If I can speak over your life and bless you, then I am entitled to correct you. According to the word of the Lord. Amen. Amen. Yeah, yeah. Because the Bible says that we are to reprove, rebuke. Amen. Yeah, that's what the Bible says. It's part of our job description. <laughs> Hallelujah. Are you here with me? So the fact that you are correctable shows that you respect. Yeah. When I was with my pastor, I'll go and see my pastor and say, am I, am I doing everything okay? Are you happy? This and that. Show respect. And not painful respect. Real respect. Amen. Real respect from your hearts. You see, in Leviticus 19.30, God told the people of Israel that they should keep the Sabbath. So the keeping of the Sabbath, uh, keep my Sabbath days of rest. Show reverence towards my sanctuary. Have you seen it? So keeping the Sabbath was an indication of what? Showing respect to God. So not keeping the Sabbath was a disrespect to God. And the Jews even believe that if they don't keep the Sabbath, God will kill them. Yes. But we in Sundays, that is when we are washing. Yes. That is why we are going to say, I am going to see somebody somewhere here and come. But you never come. That is when you have some contract that you are going. If you are a serious Christian, tell the person, I will come after church. Or I am not even coming. Amen. 
Keep the day for the Lord. After all, all the days you have been working, keep the day for the Lord. If you respect God. Amen. Yes. If you respect somebody, you keep some time for the person. You make the person special. <laughs> Amen. So adjusting yourself to the advice being given you is a sign of respect. That is why some parents will tell you, don't work with this person. When you keep working with the person, it means that you don't respect your parents. Are you here with me? Yeah, it means you don't respect them. That's why you, are, you, are, you decide to do what you want to do. And number four, when people receive someone, when people receive someone you have sent, is that right? Yeah. Or you receive someone that has been sent to you by an authority figure, it shows that you respect the person. So, let's say, if I send somebody, eh, if I send somebody to you, and you respect him, it shows that what? You, you, you receive him. The way you receive him is an indication of your respect for me. If the president is supposed to attend a function, is unable to go, and he sends somebody, and when he sends the person, they go and put him in the crowd somewhere. It shows that they have not shown respect to the president. His delegates must, eh, must be able to be given a special seat somewhere and accorded all the presidential rights. Can I have an amen? amen? So, when a leader sends somebody to you, and then you ignore the person, yeah. so that's why you have to be careful when you go to somebody's office. His secretary, his security man, his whatever. Don't think that they are not. So, who are you? What do you mean, who are you? He is the man sitting there as a gate man. He is the man sitting there as a secretary. He's a man sitting there as a toilet cleaner. He's a man sitting there. You will disqualify yourself from a great blessing if you dishonor the people that are around a great man. <laughs> I have learned something. When I go to any place, all the people around the big man, I try to relate well with them. And a lot of times, even when you are, what you are looking for, the big man, he may not even know that some of the thing is there, but these people will know it, or they will be the ones to help you. Yes. Or the day the big man is not there, you see how they will will treat you. Amen. So, a sign to show that you respect, a sign to show that you respect is the way you receive a person. Amen. You see, demons respect Jesus. That is why when you go in the name of Jesus, they bow. (laughs) Amen. Bible says, yeah, Philippians 2, 9 to 11. At the mention of the name Jesus, Every knee bows and every tongue confesses that Jesus is what? Is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Amen. Yeah. In Luke chapter 20 verse 9 to 16, a certain man had his grapevine and he sent his servant, one servant, go and then after they've done the thing, let them give me my, my share of the grapes or whatever. They caught the man, they beat, they, they, they beat the servant. Another one went, they beat the person. Third one, one, they beat the person. What does he mean? Disrespect. Then the man said, Okay, let me send even my own son. Eh? Yeah. They wounded him and cast him out. He said, What shall I do? I will send my beloved son. Probably they will respect him. Probably they will respect him when they see him. But look at it. What did they do? But when the vine dressers, dressers saw him, they reasoned among themselves, saying, This is the heir. Come, let us kill him, that the inheritance may be what? Ours. So it means that they didn't respect him. They wanted the inheritance. So you realize that the way you treat somebody's servant who has sent to you is an indication. That is why I have a problem with anybody who disrespects my associate pastors. And I'm, I watch them. Sometimes the way they talk. 
And some of you, the church members, when they see a church officer, maybe you see an usher, and the way you treat the usher. The usher is saying, sit here. So you, are, you are directing. You that you are being, you are directing the usher. At least, even if you think that there's somewhere, say it in a nice and a courteous way. But men treat fans so. Like he's not anybody. Are you getting me? Maybe you think you are wearing a nice dress. Or who is this person? Who is this person? Who is this person? To come and address me. Who is this person? It's, it's, you are full of pride. And pride goes before your destruction. Eh? 24-7. No of the 24-7. Eh? Yeah. If you don't know that thing, when we say 24-7, pride. And no matter what you have, you, it was given to you. If you are beautiful, it was given to you. Even your beauty cry, it is powdered something. Yeah, it's polished. If you like, go and wash your face and let's come to the house and see. We'll see your real face. We'll see your real face. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. And then go to the toilet and see. Let's make the sense. You know that you are a human being. You are a human being. You are a human being. Amen. You are a man. You are a man. Amen. Then today, for today, for today, uh, because of time, I'm just giving five. At these days, I want to be a good boy. Uh, today, uh, for today, uh, for today, the final one is when you are honored, when you are absent. Eh? When you are honored. You see, when you are not there and you are honored, or when somebody is not there and you honor the person, that shows real respect. Eh? Matthew chapter 27, 57 to 60. When Jesus died, eh? when Jesus died, Joseph of Arimathea, one of his disciples, went and begged for the body of Jesus. Is that right? Yeah. Continue to read. Continue to read. Bible says he went and he went to Pilate and asked for the body of Jesus. And then 59, the Bible says that Joseph then wrapped it in a clean linen cloth. Have you seen it? He could have put him in some dirty cloth. Jesus cannot see. He's dead. He cannot hear. But he put him in a clean linen cloth. He honored him. And laid it in his new tomb. Which he had hewn out of the rock. And rolled a large stone against the door of the tomb. And departed. What is he teaching? He's teaching the fact that when somebody is there. One of the ways to honor the person is. When the person is not even physically around. The way you talk about him. I said the way you talk about him. That is your real respect. Because it is not politically correct that when the person is there, you do your hand like that. One day somebody came to my house and the person pressed the bell. And she was there. Looking angry and doing all kinds of signs. And she didn't know that there was a camera. That was watching her. And then, I think mommy also said that, oh, we have seen all that you are doing. God has seen all that you are doing. Why should you go to your pastor's house? If you ring a bell, was the person sitting down waiting for the ringing of your bell? He has a lot of things doing. Maybe he was bathing in the toilet, doing something. So if you have pressed a bell, be patient. And wait. But you start doing it. So you see, when you want to know people who they really are, in their unguarded moments, you are watching them. Sometimes I watch people when they think I'm not watching them. 
Yes. And have been trained to do that. So you would think. That's why, that's why you see, people get surprised. When I stand there and I've scanned and I see people and their expressions and their whatever, their body language. Sometimes after church, the way they are talking, I can sense all those things. So, ladies and gentlemen, it's very, very important that if we are going to build a church that the anointing of the anointed one will benefit us and we are going to build a Christ-centered church, a Christocentric church. Eh? Yeah, that's it. Preach Christ and build Christ-centered churches globally. That is our vision. Then, the, we must allow the anointing to flow. Can I have an amen? amen? Because without anointing, my ministry can only be beneficial to you when you receive me as an anointed one. That's why Jesus said, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. He has anointed me. So, number one, what is the atmosphere you, receive, you do? You must, number one, receive the person for who he is. Amen. Yeah, receive him for who he is. Receive the teacher for who he is. So, when a teacher comes around, don't ignore. He says, like, who are you? Rise up. When your boss comes around, don't act like you haven't seen him. He's the one who created the office for you. The chair you are sitting on. So don't act, don't act busy. Me who? What do you mean? One day, I think Bishop that was preaching, and he said, he, he asked for some pastors come for a meeting or something, you know, and then during the session, he, he tried to check, and they realized that a certain number of them didn't come. The next one, he said, you are no more pastors here, out. Yes. You think it's sad. You didn't show him respect. He called for a meeting. Yes. Is that how you behave at your workplace? That's why when I call for a meeting, people don't come. I'm just worried. It's a sign of disrespect. Because you didn't even send a message that, oh, I can't go. Because if at your workplace, your boss asks you for, to come for a meeting, you will show up. If you are not, because you are being paid. If you don't show up, you will send a message. A valid message. Amen. But when the pastor calls you, it's like, even the people that are invited, I called and all those, they, they, oh, I'll come, I'll come, they didn't come. And I'm even watching whether they even send any message that oh, maybe ABCD happened, that's the reason I couldn't come. So I'm teaching you about, maybe you don't know. So I'm letting you know the way you receive the person. Number two, how you gladly listen to him with joy and with what? Excitement. Amen. You see, if there's anybody who is preaching to you that you should be excited, it should be your pastor. It should never be a guest preacher. This preacher is coming to speak one day. He is coming with only Lily Lily, bringing you some biscuits and then some popcorn and toffee and ice cream. Pastor is here every day preaching, giving you jollof rice, bangkung, kinke, chinam, dinam chinam. Yes. Tolo. You know Tolo? Yes. Tolo. Give you Tolo. Give you all kinds of things. Yeah. Both fruits. Number, th number two, number three, what? Change of what? Behavior. So when you are told something, you don't change. You have not shown respect. Yeah. No, 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 respect. You must be changing. Amen. Change. When you say, don't wear this, change. Don't talk like that, change. <laughs> number four. Receiving what? That, that, uh, somebody's what? Messenger. Yes. You must respect him. So how you receive my pastors, my church officers, somebody that I sent to you, somebody makes a call on my behalf, and you shout at the person. Yes. 
And they sent somebody and said, go and call this person. Then when the person, they shouted at the pastor. He shouted, yes, in the church room here. He shouted. That was the last time the person ever stayed in the church. He shouted at the pastor. He shouted at the pastor. You'll be shouted at. You have sown a bad seed. And number five, how the, when the person is not there. So when I am not in your house, how you talk about me? At your office. Are you getting me? Yes. And that's why every time I talk about... You, you see the respect you show. Yeah. A former IGP came to my office. And as his pastor we was talk, called him and we were talking, the, yes ma, yes ma, the respect the man showed. As, it, it made me myself respect the man the more. At the point he actually literally even got up. This man is older than his pastor. Welfare, everything, and to be the IGP of the country. Yes. But in the absence of the pastor, where he was, he could, he could, he could have sat down and done like this and be talking. But yeah. So when your pastor calls, when your boss calls, your response, you know some people, when they say, they even do like this. It's worrying, it's worrying, it's worrying. Before the answer. Yeah, yes, yes, madam. Yes. yes. Who? Yes. Then sometimes when they put you on speaker, they put you on speaker. Why? If you are putting somebody on speaker, let the person know that you are putting him on speaker. So that he will know how to frame himself. Yeah. Amen. But you don't know you are sowing the bad seed. You are sowing the bad seed. You put the person on speaker. Why? He's talking to you. You want the whole world. Didn't he say that you're going to, you want to talk to a lot of people? If your ear is warning you that you don't want people, you don't want to do it ever, move away from there and speak to the person privately. That is why it is what? A cell phone. It is your personal phone. It is not the public phone. Yeah. It's not the public phone. The person is talking to you in whatever. Amen. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm not out of word, but I'm out of time. Are you blessed? Amen. Father, we want to thank you for your word. We are grateful to you. We pray that help us that we'll create an atmosphere of love, atmosphere of respect in your house to build your church, O oh God. In the name of Jesus, anoint us and use us that we'll be real co-laborers, fellow workers in the building of your house by creating an atmosphere of respect and honor for whom respect and honor is due. In Jesus' name, amen.